right. There we go. And hello, and welcome to another episode of Labs Open Office Hour. This one is actually really pretty special today because we're joined by president and founder of Puget Systems. The whole reason we're here today, John Bach. Um, thank you very much, John, for joining us today. This is going to be. This is always exciting to talk to you because um, I feel like not a lot, not a lot of the the people at the top of the pyramid, um, you know, do this sort of thing. So, um, oh. well, and, and plus, it's, it's always fun. fun to talk with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, it's just it's always good to have you on, and it's always good to chit chat with you and kind of get uh, get some perspective of of things from the top down so sure um, and, and boy what a time for it there's a lot going on so just in case anybody doesn't know who you are already go ahead and give yourself a oh, bit of sure. an introduction who you are what you do why why you're here i guess okay all right so i'm john john bach uh founded the company almost 20 years ago 20 years ago in like three months um and yes we've been around for a long time uh we've done everything from build gaming pcs to home pcs and the last decade we've really dedicated our our lives to workstations and meeting the needs of content creators and engineers and data scientists um and so i'm here to make sure that's all going on plan <laughs> to, to set the plan um and to make sure that everyone in their roles can can be successful in moving forward and uh yeah that's kind of challenging in 2020 but uh we're doing good we're good we're doing good we're plugging along we're helping people and and uh beyond everything that's going on with coronavirus in the world even aside from that this would have been a nuts year a crazy year just oh. in the tech industry with how much is going on for sure for sure um i mean just just before the beginning of the year there was the new the ryzen cpu launch uh the ryzen 3 and and all that good stuff um and now of course just recently everything top of mind for everyone um new nvidia gpus that's yes. super exciting yes so Absolutely. we have the next the next generation RTX cards. Uh, there's talk about double the performance of, of the top tier cards from last generation at half the cost, and some they're humongous, uh, weird <laughs> cooling issue or weird sort of strange cooling and things like that. Um, uh, what, what do you have to add that maybe hasn't already been said? Oh, for this year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that that's the big of it. I mean, there was a lot of things that happened this year that you thought be that again. You know, I don't know that I'll ever see, you know, it's, it's like a once in a decade event that you see mm -hmm. in uh, leap has happened before. Oh, sure. Was... Oh, we're getting a little spotty here. It looks like it's on my end here. It's been a long time. I'll, I'll just hang out a little bit here. Yeah, one moment here. It could very well be me as well. I've had pretty terrible internet today. Let me see if we'll try and take some strain off my computer here. That Maybe that'll do it. Yeah. So say that all okay. again. Some leapfrog, leapfrogging has been a once in <laughs> a decade I, sort of thing. I forget what I was saying. No. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a once in a decade event that we see... Um, the, the processor giants uh, compete like they are today, and that's super exciting. Uh, it was a lot of work for us, you know, to to take our product line and basically double it, right? And we want to make sure that we can do yeah. double the product line 
at not half the quality, you know, so it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was big. And then, you know, this NVIDIA launch is huge as well, not only for the performance reasons, but the fact that so many conventions are out the window, um, different sizes oh. of video cards, different cooling arrangements on video cards, different power connectors. Um, as a system builder, whether you're building at home or whether your profession is, is to build systems, um, it's kind of a time to like, throw out all your assumptions and let's start over again and see, you know, what is oh, the yeah. best way to build with these cards? Mm -hmm. Not just, I, I, I'd like to mention too, not just the, the video cards and things, but there's also been a little bit of some shakeup as far as um, the main power to the board. There's uh, there, there was that, um, oh, I can't recall now. It's uh, 12 volts sort of straight to the board. Oh, They're yeah. changing the whole 24 pin plug. Um, that's I don't I feel like that isn't it's there, but it isn't quite trickled itself out into the, the mainstream yet. Yeah. For those that aren't, aren't aware, there's a new power supply standard coming out that's going to be a little more unified in terms of what voltage is provided to the motherboard. Because right now it has to provide like I don't even know what it's like, what, 12 volt, 5 volt, 3 point something volt. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a lot of complexity for the power supply to offer and so therefore there's a complexity is always just right because is quality right. <laughs> it can't be achieved as well efficiency isn't as good and so now by saying 12 volt is what the motherboard is going to get uh power supplies are going to be significantly quieter significantly probably even cheaper more reliable we're going to be moving some of the complexity of the motherboard so we'll have some of the problems crop up there but overall like that's another example of something like this is good for the industry long term mm -hmm. but it's chaos in the transition oh um, sure so that's another thing we'll probably be dealing with that next year but uh absolutely okay is. um and then another one from from 2020 is just how much explosion in storage we've seen um i know you know it's been you know ssds are nothing new but ssds it was probably more last year that ssds are like who has a platter anymore um, right and now we're at the point where Pretty much everyone, probably, that has a respectable computer has an SSD that's more than they need. Oh, sure. Um, and you run NVMe SSDs. Now we're looking at PCIe Gen 4 SSDs. We're looking at, like, 7 gigs a second transfer speed. Like, who that's needs so that? fast. I love <laughs> um, it. I think and, it's great. And so now we have, like, all this raw horsepower that now we can say, now, now what can we do? And that's exciting. Yeah. It just takes oh, a little bit is... of time for the industry to to come up with those use cases. Uh, yeah, um, um, that that sort of topic has come up a lot when talking with Don uh, and data data mining and data analysis and machine learning and things. We've had we've had all these we've had this data for decades, but we just didn't have the computational power to do anything with it. And now we're getting to this this convergence point where the possibilities are endless. And and I think I think that's you know storage speed storage. Um, capacities all of this is going to is just going to help accelerate the the possibilities of what man what can we do with all of this it's going to be super cool yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, here's an interesting question um, from from YouTube. Uh, Hakan Broderlund seems like the 3090 is the only one with an NVLink connector, and that SLI is dead on the 3080 and below. What uh, will that mean that we can only do multi GPU setups with the 3090 and not 3080? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. SLI was already dead, right? <laughs> um, so if you're talking about like gaming, then yeah, if you still want to do SLI, you'll, I guess you'll have to have the 3090. But for, for a lot of the workstation workloads, uh, rendering boxes or um, like post-production simulation boxes, photogrammetry, those weren't those were treating GPUs independently already. And so the fact that we don't have right. an NVLink connector, uh, we're not using shared memory and in in those. There's just like independent little compute nodes that the software is using. So no difference. But right. the big difference is the way that these things are cooled. Um, the yeah. fact that we don't yet see any blower style cards. And so stacking is essentially out of the question uh, with these cards. Uh, we, we got to see, you know, we've seen a bunch of uh, third party designs uh, or mm-hmm. add in card, add in card partners designs. And they all look to me like either dual or triple fan, almost like the founders edition 2080s, uh, where right. all the, all the air gets vented back underneath the cards. They're like, yeah, you can stack maybe two in a system. If you space them out and you put them up raw, airflow through it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Founders Edition cards now from NVIDIA, at least we see now that there's a through airflow. Um, the, the fan on the far side of the card actually is going to have air blowing through it. And so I'd say that's a really bad idea to stack those cards because uh, you're just going to feed your hot air from one to the other. Um, right. We internally are already looking, looking at um, ducting, maybe uh, in the short term from 3D printing to try to manage that airflow to, to get uh, two GPUs into a system. But uh, I think, you know, with an ATX system, two GPUs is probably going to be your, your safety mar- safety limit for what you can put into a system. Now, Rough. 3090 is like a beast, right? So, um, so you know, two, two GPUs, two 3090s in a system is like ridiculous uh, already. So not that yeah. big of a deal. But, you know, the big thing will be, what do we see with... Uh, Quadro, what do we see with professional cards? And like, are we going to see cards that we can continue to put in really dense like that? Or are we going to have to go all the way to Tesla Ampere in order to uh, to put cards together like that? Hopefully not. Hopefully yeah. not. But we don't know yet. Nobody nobody knows yet. Right. Fingers fingers crossed that PNY keeps doing uh, blower styles. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in addition to like, you know, do people have the willingness to put out designs like that? It's a question of thermals and like with how many watts these things draw can you actually get the heat out um with a with a cooler like that style right uh yoshi fresh from youtube uh previous employee by the way yoshi fresh uh do you think short term the supply of power supplies that have support for the additional power requirements of the new um oh will be in shortage uh so yeah touching on the (laughs) the increased wattage demands um, all, I, all I can think of is who's Yoshi Fresh? <laughs> I don't know screen names. <laughs> whoever you are, good to, good to talk to you again. Um, okay, you know, short, will the power supplies have support? Will be in shortage? Um, well, maybe. I'm not. I'm not anticipating that myself. Um, uh, there's, there's just going to be an awkward time where you're going to see some. <laughs> uh, you're going to see some power supplies that you have to do these like dongle adapters or like get a special cable that gives you the right connector. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. re- really seen the dust settle yet, at least from my desk, on what power connectors these cards are even going to have. I've seen plenty of third third party designs where they have the same 8-pin connectors as previous gen. Um, so yeah. not, a, not a lot of the difference there. You just need to have, yes, a beefier power supply because this thing takes a lot more wattage. Um, soon enough, though, you'll see... Um, you'll see the power supply shipping with the 12 
the 12 pin connector right in the box. Uh, so really oh, this sure. is like, I think we saw a bigger impact with crypto mining, the crypto mining craze in the beginning of what, yeah. 2019. I think that's going to, it's not going to be nearly as bad as that. I don't believe, uh, because this isn't as dramatic of a shift. It's just a new connector. Um, right. You know, there's a lot of speculation, I think rightfully so over like, where's NVIDIA going with this? Like, why would they make a power connector capable of that much unless they had a plan for using that much. Uh, but right. at least on this first gen, no, it's not going to be that dramatic. I feel like some of the some of the pictures I've seen with with three eight pin plugs on a, on a card just kind of goes back around to that reinforcement of like, you can't really do more than maybe two cards in a, sure. in a system. You just sure. you're just not going to have enough plugs really yeah so well and you know I, I haven't i haven't i haven't thought through the math yet um i mean how, do you remember how many watts is a 3090 supposed to be i don't know i don't remember either but like at some point like it doesn't matter what your power supply can do like can your wall <laughs> outlet do it oh sure <laughs> that's yeah that's no joke um it's a uh, nvidia says the rtx 3090 will be 50 percent faster than the titan rtx and will require require a 750 watt power supply the card right. itself expected to utilize around 350 watts okay <laughs> yeah but i mean that's not that's not ridiculously more. I mean, it's not like an order of magnitude more than today. Um, That's true. So you get yourself a 1200 watt, 1600 watt at the high end. And uh, I anticipate that will be okay. What would be great is if we had a 3090 to tell you that it would be okay. Uh, but we're still oh, working I on know, that. Right? Uh, everyone's still working on that. You know, I'm getting, right. getting some cards in to test with. Yeah. Uh, Nvidia said that PCIe 3.0.16 will not limit the performance more than a few percent, so even a PCIe should be fine. Oh yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely be testing that sort of a thing. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it'll because that's gonna affect motherboards that that we end up carrying and things like that um, down the road. Um, and as it stands currently, I think kind of gives a bit of bit of a, a plus in AMD's corner since mm -hmm. um i think they have they have boards um or they will um that are all x16 slots aren't they pcie4 all of them are 16 x16 i think oh not the level of tech i'm able to call okay. I, up on I, but I vaguely I, recall a, a, an image that, that of that at least okay um but yeah, I mean, just like it just it's no different than storage. Like, you know, there's PCIe Gen 4 storage that we can do today, and that gives a leg up on AMD. And the question just comes back to it. Does your use case need it? Um, right. Of course, you know, there's plenty of people that are enthusiastic about the progression of technology. We're like, I don't care if I need it. I want it. Um, right. But, you know, your workload, do your, does your workload need it? And historically, we found that, you know, even running PCIe 2.0 or running PCIe 3.0 at X8, um, basically zero impact across most workloads. But where it does get interesting is when we're talking about scientific computing, uh, when we're really, you know, injecting data onto these cards at a, at a high rate, that's where we have seen um, it matter in the past. And that's the other thing that has me excited about, um, about Ampere as well, is that new, what do they call it, GPU Direct, or what are they calling it? Uh, RTX IO? I can't remember what they're calling it, but it's basically an API whereby the data it's it, it's it's marketed around gaming on on GeForce, where you say you know you have your game files and they can be decompressed and loaded into video memory directly instead of having to go through the CPU, decompress into system memory, and then load into the GPU. 
Um, All right. I mean, that's that's great for gaming. Could be very great for um, for simulation and and uh, scientific workloads as well. Um, I don't sure. believe that's actually a new technology. Um, that's existed over on the Quadro Tesla side under I think that is where it's called GPU Direct. Um, but what's cool, I mean, the the whole like symbiosis of consumer and professional is always interesting to me because you can have some things that like it's built. Like the technology has existed, I think, for actually a long time, maybe even a decade, um, this GPU Direct. But you need to have this like mass market demand before the developers put time and energy into it. And so that's the cool right. thing about like consumer drives professional in that way. Like it, we might, the professionals might not directly care that gaming supports this new thing, but they do care that developers are putting time and energy into it and then everything you know is uplifted as a result right do you think uh, and this 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 is going to be really more speculative or and and theory i suppose do you think um nvidia is abandoning the gtx it's all ray tracing all rtx now um because like they had done the 1660 ti which was kind of like an in in between um do you think do you think the non-ray tracing cards are kaput I would expect so. I mean, I don't think that they're going to go out of their... I'm totally just speculating now. But yeah, I, yeah. I pure, pure theory craft here. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that they're going to go out of their way to kill off any any GTX SKUs. I mean, we've seen things like the, the GT 1030 has been around for... I don't even know how long. Like, a long sure, time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I would expect that we're going to continue to see maybe even the 1660 for quite a while just because it's a solid little GP you and um it mm -hmm. isn't you know hurting any production lines to keep it going but i don't think you're going to see anything new come out there that... no 6080 ti or anything <laughs> right <laughs> right um i just think you know uh we're, we're already on the new they're, they're very nvidia is very committed um these new features of the cards have have use cases beyond just ray tracing and games and if nvidia wants to build an ecosystem they need to like be all in um it, the developers aren't going to want to put the time and energy into something that they think might not be a long-term thing so yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the new, the new paradigm for a while until the next thing comes around a, a decade from now. <laughs> yeah, that'll be. Man, who could, who would have thought that you know we'd be where we are today, ten years ago, and who knows where? Man, it just it boggles the mind where, yeah. where we might be ten years from now. It's I, is. I think it's really cool how much. <sighs> Machine learning is just is just awesome. I see Don that you're you're on the chat, <laughs> but I'd say it even if you weren't on the chat. I think machine learning oh, is yeah. awesome. Um, it, it's you know it started off almost more academic. You know, let's classify cats. <laughs> um, sure. But now the way that it's like it's infused everywhere, and like we saw it in the demo, um, the video gave on was it Tuesday when that launched um, earlier this week. Um, when they talked about, like, well, now with ray tracing, like one of the problems with ray tracing is it takes time to build that resolution. So it looks all grainy at first. And now they're using um, machine learning to like fill in the gaps. And so you can more quickly get to a high fidelity picture. It is ray traced with machine learning filling in the missing pixels that it can ray trace even more quickly. Like that's oh, wow. cool. And I think features like that is why like, yeah, I mean, they're going to want RTX across their product line because they're going to need those cores, um, those features to, to provide those those functions. Because that's those are like the little tricks for how we get big jumps in performance. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
yeah oh that'll be cool um oh i had a i had a thought and it just escaped me um in regards to uh well the machine learning and ai and things like that um oftentimes come up in the sort of creative conversations that i have of taking the kind of tedious and mundane tasks and allowing people it just as we continue down this path, it's going to free up so much more time for the those sort of fuzzy logic, more creative um, tasks that that may not be as as appropriate for a computer to do. Sure, uh, that's that's really exciting stuff too. All this Roto Brush Two just just recently came out, and it's it seems near perfect. Um, to content to wear fill sort of stuff. Um, heck, you, you've even got Matt. Um, Matt has mentioned a few times of where there's like uh, AI or, or machine learning sort of algorithms or whatever that will take all of your footage and edit it for you, almost mm-hmm. like take the cuts and things like that. And man, it's I can't I can't imagine. I mean, it'd be neat to see maybe a video game that's like. We just we we you know we had a we we had this uh, machine learning algorithm play through Doom or all these first person shooters a thousand times and this is the game that it made. It's kind of oh. thing would be really neat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if there's anything, uh, well, one thing that Nvidia is particularly good at is building uh, ecosystems. I mean, like mm-hmm. CUDA is just dominant, right? Yeah. So you know that's what they're doing again. Uh, they're going to be building out. They're going to continue to to um, add new. I can't think of a word other than vibrance uh, to the ecosystem by like bringing all these features into the APIs that the developers already know. And NVIDIA is very good at then teaming up with, uh, you know, game engine developers and game studio developers and and data scientists and engineers um, to then, you know, implement it and actually get industry adoption. Because uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big part of the battle. Like you have, to, the tools have to exist. The industry has to actually use it as well. Like we've seen that we've seen that problem with like RTX and gaming, right? That the features right. are here. Where's the games? And it's slowly happening. It is slowly happening. And we're seeing that same thing on the professional side. Like when we first saw RTX come out, our thought was this is going to be awesome for like um, for rendering, um, right? To render in, in ray tracing, and. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, it, it is getting there, but it's, uh, you know, we're impatient. So we want it to happen faster. It was so. Uh, yeah. But NVIDIA is very good at fostering that, like, ecosystem over time. Yeah, it's, it seems, too, that um, especially I, I, if I recall correctly in some of my talks with Don, that a big reason that CUDA blew up the way that it did is because they made it easier to use than uh open cl i think is the the alternative um but they just they kind of put a a really nice wrapper around what is otherwise a really complex system to to kind of use well and they openly engaged like they took the people that um were responsible for coming up with that code and said how can we help you would you like a video card and um you know they made it they made it difficult to say no as a developer um to to um you know get that, that assistance and so therefore i mean that's why so many things are, are leaned in that direction and it had to happen that way um right you know, we're still seeing this is 2020 and we're still seeing like applications that have no gpu acceleration and are single threaded <laughs> like that's code that was built <laughs> in like the 90s um yeah so yeah it takes it takes a lot of time and effort to take advantage of new hardware features. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, man, I'm curious, I'm curious to know, so AMD has been killing it on the CPU side. There's no argument there. Um, 
they are it's it's leaps and bounds uh i've i've been i started with the company uh maybe a month or so before the first ryzen uh launch and that was eh, it was kind of, it's felt like more of the same i hadn't i hadn't had my finger on the pulse of things um a whole lot at that time but it, it felt like basically more of the same kind of thing they didn't it wasn't much of an improvement but now here we are five years later and amd now is is a huge contender they are basically neck and neck and do you think do you think that they have what it takes to 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 do the same thing on the gpu side oh <laughs> what's a polite way to say it um <laughs> without without making anybody upset i, I no, understand no. you have a, a fine I'm, line to toe but i'm much more excited about the cpu side um i'm i'm hopeful and i'm gunning for them but they ha- they well we have to just wait and see um sure i i'm supportive but skeptical uh but really okay. you know that's where i was two years ago on the on the cpu sure. side right um so yeah yeah don't 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 count anyone out yeah the cpu race has been interesting too for us because well you know i think the last big before this recent success amd had uh we were doing quad opteron it was the opteron was it bulldozer uh, cpus we were doing Ooh. quad socket systems is a way to get like obscenely high core count uh systems that now we can get in like a single thread ripper uh, but really high high core count systems um but ever since then like yeah i don't i i think there was a, a short period in time where we stopped carrying amd cpus um mm-hmm. but for many many years we carried them we just sold like one a month it, it was, it was right. such, such low volume and that was just because you know amd always has had a spot um in budget builds um and has has definitely played a role there kept intel honest um you know kept pricing in check uh but for the types of systems that we build where it's very much like mission focused it has to perform really well it has to be the fastest we're not really in the mission of selling somebody something that's slower to save them money because the reason they're coming to us is they need to be faster. It's like, it just doesn't fit with, with what we do. Uh, so, I mean, right. that turned its head with, like you said, with Ryzen 2, we're like, okay, now this is actually competitive. Um, even when it was competitive, I mean, you, you know, we weren't selling very many because right. competitive isn't good enough. It has to be faster. And uh, yeah. it wasn't until this last generation that it was. And I'm happy to even share um, on, on stream here that so we're doing uh, 50% by revenue is a AMD builds these days percent by volume, but 50% by revenue. And it's that difference is because of Threadripper, uh, because, you know, you can buy these sure. 64 core like beast cpus and they're very expensive cpus um and like six months ago a year ago i never would have guessed that to be the case um, right so um i guess you know i don't i don't think that there's anything around the corner that's gonna make the one or two generations um it's it's really yeah. difficult to say uh, I'm, I'm seeing on chat that like yeah we've been disappointed so many times by by radeon uh, yeah yeah but you know what we said the same thing about cpus a few years ago um so right. we just need to you know i'll make the same commitment that i made on cpus um i remember actually i remember emailing the entire office when we dropped there was a brief period where we dropped amd entirely and i said but i commit that we will continue on every launch to retest revalidate reassess the decision and that's exactly where we're at right now on the GPUs. We're not carrying them. They're not volume, uh, but we're going to keep assessing 
and and that changes. If that changes, then then cool. We have competition yeah. in this too. That'd be great. Which also Intel working on a GPU? What? That's kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants all the pie, uh, but that's yeah. something to be excited about because they have some real they have some real capacity to get that done too. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't underestimate Intel when they execute well. Um, Intel sure. is big enough that they can execute poorly a lot of times, but when they can when they execute well, they can they can get some amazing things done. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not expecting uh, the Intel GPU to like knock our socks off on generation one, um, right? But but we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty nuts year. Do you know when we're expected to see the first GPU from Intel? I don't know. Uh, I don't. That's what Z, I think, that they're calling it. Yeah. The Z yeah. GPU. Uh, let's see. Somebody in, somebody in chat will, I'm sure, will post. But let's it, see who can Google faster, me or chat. Uh, they said, they said, so in late 2019, they said that they would launch in mid 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, August 4th, here's one from Tom's Hardware. Uh, apparently on the 2nd, this was back in August, Tom's Hardware said that Z Graphics were expected to join the gra- dedicated graphics card fray on September 2, which was two days ago. Oh, uh, but that's so... when they announced, like, Tiger Lake, and so now it's, um, like, more integrated graphics type of stuff. So I don't think mm, we've seen... Dis- I don't know, I could, I could be wrong, but it is getting close. It is getting close. Um... Cody asked in chat, did the Radeon 7 make us rethink our, our stance on, on AMD oh. use? Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. I mean, I remember Labs was super enthusiastic about uh, the Radeon 7. Um, unfortunately, it was not a long-lived product. Is it? Is it still... I don't, is it still a thing? It was just a... It was a great proof that AMD can execute... Um, competitive performance but it right. didn't it, it didn't have the availability it didn't have the lifespan it um, it didn't go to market in a way that that we could use it but the technology um, itself was yeah was was pretty amazing and it showed that uh, there is actually a competitor here yeah, I don't I, uh, just a quick quick poke around doesn't look like they there there are any for sale I'm seeing a couple new maybe slash used ones for like thirteen hundred dollars on Amazon well you know <laughs> so, what you can get for thirteen hundred dollars now yeah right uh two two thirty eighties uh so we did we did have one question come through on Twitter and I'm I am actually really interested to see how what you have to say on this one because I know what I would have say to this okay. um, All right. so water waters for life on on Twitter he says as an A+ plus, net plus certified tech for 30 plus years computer experience why should I let Puget Systems build my next system versus ordering the parts and putting it together myself Yeah okay um that's the kind of thing where I think I think people expect that'd be like inflam- a little more inflammatory and maybe it is with some other companies, but honestly, if that's what you want to do, we fully support that. Uh, that's not who we are trying, that's not who we're helping, is people that can and want to and have the time to do it themselves. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's a question of like, same thing as like working on your car. If you want to work on your car, you want to change your oil, go for it, that's awesome, right? But if you don't, take it into the shop and and that that's the same the same for us um so we are here for the people that either 
can't, don't, don't have the knowledge, or don't have the time and energy to do that. And you really don't discount that. Like as a consumer, you might think like, oh, but I can save so much money by doing it myself. Well, if you're a professional and your job relies on this computer to be working, like every minute that you're working, swapping out your power supply or like, you know, figuring out why it's blue screening and Premiere is a minute that you're not paying the bills. And so that's why we exist. Like we exist so that we can do that so that it's 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 our necks on the line uh, to make sure that you're up and running and you have someone to call and say like, hey, I'm having a problem. You need to figure this out. And like, that's the whole reason why we exist. I have a lot of confidence in that answer um because of how oh no because of how terrible i know this industry can be <laughs> i don't know of a better way to say that with like hey. products that launch and then they just like flat out don't work they're really problematic windows updates killing stuff uh new yeah. new drivers coming out that like now this driver came out and now premiere crashes like we have to keep on top of all of that and that's a lot of work uh we have to keep on top of that in order to provide that log long-term um reliable system for someone so if that's mm-hmm. something you have the appetite to do no judgment like that's awesome that that totally you can you can make that choice for yourself uh but ultimately that is a choice for yourself um so anyway okay i got off i got on my soapbox <laughs> but, but no, yeah that, I, you I, know it's 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 uh, if if that's not what you want to be spending your day doing then then come to us uh, uh i've always come i've always had the thought that um when you when it really comes down to it we are in the business of selling time to yeah. to people um you know yes you you could take the time to go through all our articles and research all yeah. the right parts that are going to make sense for you you can take you can wait for those parts to show up to your house you're going to take the couple hours out of your day to put it together you're going to take a couple hours out of your day to make sure everything is set up correctly and all this stuff who are you going to if, if a part breaks during during that build you're going to wait six weeks for rma um if like you said the software doesn't work right you're going to be on the horn waiting for answers um all of that adds up to i mean probably at least at least the cost of all those parts in time um that that you've 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 used or not necessarily wasted it depends on the value of your time and how you want to spend that but um yeah, and it's one. It, it's, and it's one thing to say, like you know, I'm a consumer. My time is worth X number of dollars per hour. Um, but you know, talking as as a professional to say, like, okay, I have this this video spot I have to deliver on Friday. My computer crashed on Wednesday. I just lost the client. That's mm-hmm. way more than the cost of time. Um. Um. One of the recent guests we had, Pai, uh, Pai Jursa, he he had mentioned that he had lost five five photos. This was more of a process issue, like he didn't follow his very strict step by step, but um, it cost him five grand. Twenty five percent of of that project, like revenue, out the window because he lost five photographs out of hundreds, mm. and yeah. that, and and that's that's. Yeah. yeah, I think that's when, that's when you're a right service there. provider, like you have to perform and it's a cost of not performing. Um, and so, yeah, it's the same reason why you like don't buy junky tools. Um, I OK, now I'm making the I'm not making the equivalency <laughs> that if you build your own, it's junky. It's just uh, it's it's the importance of a, of a good quality tool, whether you do it yourself or whether whether it's done for you. And frankly, like yeah. 
don't be ashamed. We put our content out there for the world so that you can um, uh, take the information, the, the time and energy that we put into it and help yourself. Like w if we didn't want you to help yourself, we wouldn't make it public. Um, and I'll be real, like real candid. Like one of the reasons why we do that is because if you're somebody that has the capability of building yourself, I want to be to help you and I want you to be someone that's out there, um, you know, saying good things about us because we're just helping everyone. We're helping the community. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of like, um, I wouldn't call karma, I guess, you know, uh, do good. It'll all come uh -oh. back. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Am I lost? Okay. Oh, okay. No, no, it, it paused and then it, and then it caught up. So it was okay. Um, we do have, we have a question from Twitch, uh, from okay. Betty. Actually, uh, question: What is the next business space John would like to enter? And he says, "Wink, wink, Twitch streamers." <laughs> we, we already have a Twitch streamer PC, right? Um, okay, honest answer, um, and we're already starting to work on this. Is um, game engine developers? Uh, we mm. we already help um, game studios. In fact, I'd say, in fact, I think this started a few years ago. We probably sell more computers to game studios than we sell to gamers. Um, oh yeah. And it's and it's cool because it's like it's the same kind of computer, but it's much more. Again, it's it the same thing. Like it has to perform. It has to to do well because that's their job. Um, the reason why game engines uh, I'm I'm interested in. First of all, that keeps uplifting the the game. Um, the game studio uh, clients that we already have, but there's so many cool things going on in the industry right now, specifically because of lockdowns and quarantines, where like virtual remote production and like virtual sets, um, more like real time rendering movies instead of like film, traditional film type movies. I think that's a real, I don't want to call it a battleground, but like a forefront of progress in the whole creative industry. And uh, so, yeah, that's. That's already where we're going down the road of, of um, helping more, and I'm excited about it. Uh, me too. Um, the more I, the more I, I hear from different creatives about virtual production in general, and also the com combination of um, so like the virtual production combined with s sort of the democratization of content creation, like yes. you can do remarkable yes. things with this little box in your, in your pocket combined with a fairly, fairly, um, conservative or, or modest machine. Uh, I think we're going to see a huge explosion in some really, really creative content, uh, in the next yeah. years to come. Yeah. It's going to be I, mind blowing. And I love that. I love that word, by the way, um, democratization of, X of anything. Um, you look at the credits for major films and you get to like <laughs> the rotoscoping section and it's like, here's the 80 people that just rotoscope for three years. Oh, I don't yeah. even like I, I, I've never actually even rotoscoped once, but I'm already exhausted hearing that. It's um, and it's a, here, it's they, from what I've seen, it's a work. It's it's a job for yeah. sure. <laughs> but so now, you know, not only. OK, so like, first of all, the big studios are now going to be putting be able to put out faster more on budget like big blockbusters because whatever the ai you know skynet's doing the road yep. scoping now um, <laughs> but by extension we have a democratization of studios where like now you don't have to have 300 people on staff to put out a really feature film like you can do it with i don't know you know like a, a, a much smaller team 
And mm -hmm. that just drives more innovation. It drives more competition. It lowers the bar to entry. It makes, frankly, makes everything a, just a whole lot more fun um, because of what people can do now. And that's what that's what makes me always like excited about technology. Like technology enables us to do things that we didn't even think were going to be possible five years ago. Oh, yeah. Like we we couldn't even think of five years ago. Um, that's what keeps me going. I love it. I think it's super cool that you can. There's it's a, the the bar the bar or the or the barrier I should say to entry for right. for it all is is so it's low like if if one person uh, there's so many yeah. stories out there of just one one person making a game or a movie or a cool photograph or something and just blowing up and it didn't take it didn't take a production company to say yeah we'll make your thing or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know our focus groups approve you can just put you can just put yourself out there and let let an audience kind of come to you in a way yeah and it's i, I <laughs> love it uh, gives me goosebumps yeah really i mean cool. I, that's what i love about uh <laughs> content. like like even go back to twitch streamers i mean that's what i love i i could probably consume more music on youtube from artists who like haven't even haven't signed a label like they're just recording their stuff and putting it up on youtube and like sometimes it's even like a crappy quality um but it's like it's authentic and creative and um anything they want to try they can just do um so you know i i love that whether it's you know feature films or just a song somebody puts together it's it's cool that you don't have to like get signed on by a major label to do that now i love it it's really cool uh, let's see we got some uh, or just some positive feedback as a tinkerer with computers, creative professional. I have to say, I love your articles. Hats off, hand, hand to heart. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that kind of thing. Uh, I, I get, I've, I've had a few. So, uh, in case any of you in the audience don't know, I'm, I'm the guy behind our social media accounts. That's me. Um, I, I often receive, or I, I occasionally receive messages of like, hey, I, um. I didn't purchase with you guys. I went with somebody else. But if not for all of the information you put out, I would have made some some poor choices. Like I, I used I used all of that to help educate a different. And I think I think that's okay. I think that's a big a Absolutely. big plus. Even even you know like oh man you know we didn't. It's not a customer, but we still helped out. And I think and every, all the time I'm getting tagged saying, oh, hey, I, I don't want to build my own computer. Who should I go through? And we'll get we'll get put in there. And I, I do my best to try and reach out to folks who are who are, who are genuinely looking to have uh, our sort of assistance. And yeah, so, absolutely. It, it, it warms my heart knowing that absolutely. we're helping people regardless of, of whether they're purchasing from us. I, and, I try and, 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 and we're being helped back like it really is. It really is a two way street like. Okay, yes, technically the best thing you can do to help us is to financially support by purchasing a computer. <laughs> but the number two thing that you can do, which is a very strong number two, is to support a reputation. Um, there's mm -hmm. lots of people with voices out there, um, and that does us a world of good as well. Because if we're going to sell a bunch of workstations into you know some big like Disney or like some big production firm, um, we have to have a reputation built, and that takes an army of people. So we appreciate it. It goes, it goes both ways. Like thank you for using our content, and thank you for uh, I'm glad it helped because that helps yeah. us too. Yeah. Uh, Diddy, Diddy has another fun question for you. He says, what is the weirdest PC problem John has seen? Uh, it says, for him, uh, he's been fighting a lot of the Asus Z370, 390 boards. Something uh, Talk about multi-core set, latest BIOS, hold the CPU at base clock, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, turbo turbo problems are always the strangest because it's, it's kind of... 
you don't even know you have it. And, the, and frankly, a lot of times probably people have turbo issues that like they will never even know uh, in their life of their computer. Because <laughs> like who's going to put their computer through like single core workload, two core workload, three core workload, and like make sure it's performing at the right specs? We do, by the way. <laughs> There's a plug for buying from us. So we, we put it through the paces when we... Um, okay. Craziest. Hey, back. Am I still frozen? My back? No, no, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go all the way. Okay. Yeah. I wish I had home internet like we have at work. I need gigabit fiber here, huh? Okay. <laughs> Strangest problem. I'm gonna go all the way back to 2001. It took me a couple weeks to solve this thing, uh, where I had a problem with a board that was not posting. And I would do, you know, the things that you do when you have a note problem, like remove all the variables. I'm going to take out all the add-in cards. I'm going to unplug all the things I don't need. Now does it post? And it would post. Okay, great. I'm going to add stuff back together. Um, now does it post? And I'd, I'd add all the things back in and it would post. And I'd say, uh, okay, maybe it was like a partially plugged in RAM module or something. And so I button up the whole thing, put it back on the test bench, no post again. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out that it was actually a grounding issue with the motherboard that only exhibited itself when I screwed in the PCIe cards tightly. If I unscrewed the PCIe cards, the ground was broken just enough, or whatever problem was, was broken yeah. just enough that everything would post just fine. Because, like, who, when you're doing troubleshooting, <laughs> like, you don't, like, wrench down your PCIe cards when you're swapping them in for right. troubleshooting. So, anyway, that was the strangest problem. I'm sure oh, wow. it had to do with a very poor choice of chassis or very poor choice of power supply when like you have a grounding problem like that but yeah it says something that 20 years later i'm still like upset about it <laughs> my favorite um which is one uh, thinking back on it i should have caught before um it was even a problem um it was here um uh -huh. same sort of issue board wasn't posted it was a dual dual cpu system um wouldn't post take one took one out trying to you know like you're saying pieces one piece at a time it would post just fine with one cpu either either one in either socket hassle 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 uh turns out i had uh, a model of cpu that did not support dual cpu like it was it was uh, meant for only a single socket right. uh and again i, I should have noticed that as as the assembly person i should have noticed um before but oh, that but, uh, was... like that's that's how the computer was specced and came to you yes okay okay gotcha. uh, a reasonable expectation that it would be specced properly sure uh okay. but just reinforces the idea that uh, you know, you should be diligent and and kind of swings back to that sort of a deal. If that had been me, just me by myself, right. how long would that have taken me to figure out without asking somebody else, like, hey, what's going on with this? And um, you'd have to like return those CPUs and buy other CPUs, like it'd be weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna talk about because I remember on stream how many times you had to swap GPUs into those ESC 4000s with the PCI oh, yeah. riser cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we had these that problems where, like, I don't think we ever accurately pinned down where the problem was because it, it mm -hmm. was like, so these PCI riser cards, uh, PCI bifurcation or um, uh, PLX, it basically looks like a network. And so it's almost the same as troubleshooting. Like, I have packet loss in my house. 
where is it? Is it the connectors? Is it the wiring? Is it the termination points? It's the same thing. Like we have this system. Yeah. Is it the motherboard? Is it the risers? Is it the video cards? Is it the power supply? And I remember there was like, you would swap <laughs> in things and it seemed to fix it. But then the problem would crop up again later because it wasn't so much that it was like, it wasn't a binary, like fixed or not fixed. It was, yeah. it was always like, is it strong enough to survive our like um, stress tests? Right, right. Anyway. Oh, that one was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. To this day, we can't look at those. I mean, it, frankly, it probably wasn't even Azusa's fault. It was like, it, anyway. anyway. But we can't look at those ESC 4000s and not think, yeah, yeah, it's exactly, exactly. And it, it's more a, a feature of like, you know, PLX and risers. And again, coming back to simple. <laughs> simple is always better when it comes to technology because there's just too many variables yeah. already. So here's a, this is a, this is a good a good question a good topic that comes up often enough uh, elsewhere. A question: Does shipping to the UK make financial sense, or is the shipping just too much? If so, do you have a partner or recommendation for anyone to use in the UK? Oh, um, okay. So shipping to the UK can make sense. It depends. Like I wouldn't buy a twelve hundred dollar system and ship it to the UK, but we do a lot of like twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar workstations. In which case, you know, what's another thousand dollars to ship it to the UK? Um, so that part isn't so much the the barrier point, uh, but definitely like okay, now if you're importing a twenty thousand dollar workstation, like there's a lot of taxes there that potentially could be more than you would pay buying from within the country. Um, but the big thing that has held us back, in fact, we exited. Uh, we did exports to UK, Canada, Australia, and Mexico for quite some time. We exited that specifically because of the customer experience we were able to provide. Uh, once we start talking about uh, crossing time zones, crossing languages, crossing cultures, um, and customs, um, the experience was not at the bar that we felt like we wanted to achieve in order to do that. But stay tuned because we are actively working on a way to and it's 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 the same kind of thought process like we can help each other not necessarily by selling you a computer uh, but we're working on ways that we can actually get the goodness that we provide to the industry out into other geographies by partnering up with other with other companies and other geographies and i'm already saying too much but that's what we're that's like one of the goals <laughs> that we have is to say like well you know we're doing all this work our goal is to help people why are we limiting ourselves to the u.s like what are more creative ways that we can help people probably isn't going to look like buying a computer and shipping it overseas because that's not that shouldn't be the bottom like it, it's the it's the it's the knowledge that is the hard part and the knowledge we can get overseas easy right sure uh, so so you know yeah keep keep oh, franchising keep watching. opportunities <laughs> maybe not quite that far but no keep keep watching it's something we're just starting to work on and we're excited to to roll out as soon as it is as is it is ready someone commented uh, uh lol lol cool j uh mentions please add music production related benchmarks i know we've looked ah. into this in the past yeah we were we were investigating doing um daw D digital audio workstation sort of yep. uh product um where did where did that where did we hit a roadblock with that um it was not anything in particular it was just time and energy focus um, again if we do too many things we're going to start doing them poorly um, so providing coming up with more ways that we can scale what we're doing will allow us to take on 
more diverse projects and and audio production is absolutely one of them uh we were, we were yeah. pretty far along like we were looking at you know because what what's most important with with audio is like low latency um mm-hmm. and we were we were doing doing work to figure that out we do help pl- plenty of audio engineers um we have someone on staff who does that uh, like as a hobby and mm-hmm. <laughs> whether he whether i don't know if he wants <clears throat> it or not but anytime that somebody calls in they're like oh you need to talk to him uh, so yeah. we have somebody that that can have educated conversations with you we just don't have articles and benchmarks out but we are continuing to do things um we're working to change up the way that we do a lot of our testing in labs. I can talk about this for a minute. I don't think Eric will mind if I talk about this. Um, we're uh, we're part of the problems with labs is that we're expecting our labs technicians to be experts in their field, mm-hmm. to benchmark hardware, write articles, go on live streams, develop benchmarks. Like so, they have to like be everything. Um, engineers and programmers and and industry experts and like on-screen personalities like you're not gonna find that like that's a really challenging position to fill and so we're working at breaking that up a little bit and having people like specifically for just testing the crap out of hardware um to have people that combine those results into um you know, results that can be used in article writing, having industry experts that probably are the same ones that go on on live streams and do speaking engagements and that type of thing. Uh, but the point is, if we can um, free up our traditional like existing labs technicians to not have to spend so many hours of the day swapping out a CPU, running the test again, swapping out a CPU, running the test again, um, that frees up more time that we can say yes to more applications and audio production is absolutely on that list um oh i think this one's directed more toward me zero alpha design co says uh, any chance you guys could do an episode on best practices for optimizing your workstation for after effects i would i would like to ask a clarifying question by what do you mean by optimizing your workstation uh, is it is it a hardware thing like what parts should I buy? Is it peripherals that you should buy? Uh, the physical space, the system hardware, the software, uh, because um, optimizing your storage for that sort of a thing can make a difference as well. So what specifically are you looking to optimize? Because I do think that is something we can do. Um, I would just want to know more about what it is you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and and that, that sounds like workflow Wednesdays to me. So our Wednesday streams is where we bring on somebody who's like actually successfully makes a living doing doing something um, in the field. And we bring them on. Traditionally, no, we're not very, it's not like a webinar format where it's like, we're going to teach you everything you need to know. Um, but it's it's like this. It's a Q&A. It's an opportunity to ask those questions. So you, you could um, zero, keep an eye on our Wednesday schedule and see I, mm-hmm. I'm confident it won't be too long before somebody who has experience in After Effects will come on on Wednesday. Oh, absolutely. We've had a few VFX folk uh, already. So, um, but but I appreciate questions like that because I'm pretty much an every just kind of average Joe sort of person. And so uh, the more the more specific questions that I can get to ask the, the experts, the better. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll make note of that and, and try and make sure the relevant person answers for you. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> oh man, some some usernames. <laughs> Hydro Spanky Sick <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, he's asking, why did you guys stop making laptops? 
It's the same reason we stopped exporting. Um, because <laughs> uh, there was a bar that we wanted to hit for the user experience. And um, without significant, I mean, significant more investment, we weren't going to be where we wanted to be. Um, I don't think that was always the case, uh, but as new generations of hardware came out, what's happening more and more on laptops is they're getting more and more thin and light, smaller, more integrated. And as they're getting more integrated, there's less that we can do. Like I can take a laptop, put our logo on it and sell it to you. But like, what am I actually doing? What value are we providing? And so that's why we made the decision uh, when we did to stop with laptops. Uh, it was painful. Like um, at our height, 40% of our business was laptops. And that's a painful wow. thing to walk away from. Uh, but we did because we knew it would be a detriment to our brand and no good to anyone for us to just be yet another laptop provider selling yet another rebrand of the same laptops that everyone else is selling. Uh, so that's why we made the decision we did. Now, where that could change in the future, oh no. Is anyone from YouTube on the stream? Okay. Oh. No, oh. no, because because I cause like I cause like PTSD anytime I start talking about laptops internally. Uh, where that could change in the future, though, is when um, we have enough voice and ability to actually make changes to the product. Because uh, the stuff that always bugged us was like we were selling, you know, there's this laptop you can buy that's like $3,000, but they skimp on the trackpad. Like they save 10 bucks on the trackpad. And at the level that we were operating at, we could not go and say, no, you have to put in this high quality trackpad. So at a time in the future where we are to re-enter into laptops, it would be with those requirements that we dictate the bomb. We dictate what goes into that. And that's gonna mean running manufacturing runs for ourselves, which is really expensive, really expensive. And so uh, yeah. we have to, uh, you know, there's a very high bar uh, to that. I'm not against it, but uh, we're really busy already. So there's there's right. other things that we're focusing on first. Right on. Um, yeah, because I, I actually, I personally use one of our, our big monster laptops. And Beast. Uh, yeah, it works great. It just weighs 15 pounds. <laughs> without the chart, without the the brick, like, <laughs> uh, are there types of? Pro oh, so this is from Moose. Moose does stuff. Um, a, a longtime viewer of the of the old streams, even. Um, yeah. oh. Are there types of productions you specifically don't want to get into? I'm not quite sure how to interpret the question. Actually, mm -hmm. I feel like we hit a lot of at least as far as content creation, we kind of. Outside of audio, at least we probably we, we kind of service everybody in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't say like we don't do a lot of. I, I, it depends on what the question means. Like, if the question means okay, we're selling to creative artists, but we like we look at what they produce first and make sure it's something we don't disagree with. We don't really. I don't feel like that's our place. Like we're providing tools to do a job. It's like saying, you know, are you willing to sell a wrench to somebody who puts together? You know things bombs evil yeah yeah and, and um i mean if there's something blatant we we do occasionally have to make decisions like that but by and for the most part it's i don't feel like it's a lot of our business uh, we're here to provide the raw tools into the industry and then trust that humanity does more good than evil <laughs> uh oh he clarifies by saying like uh you haven't gotten into audio because uh, reasons um was wondering I if totally... there's anything that's yeah Okay, no, I totally misread the question then. Um, no, but I would say like really honestly, there are things that we have to be realists about when it comes to how much 
time, energy expense are we going to have to invest in order to accomplish something? And what ROI do you think we can get out of that? Because ultimately, like we have to pay the bills, we have to pay our people. Um, and so if there isn't something where we think that there's a big enough market for, or um, like we think that like consumer level PCs can already do the job just fine. So like, why would you get a high-end workstation from a boutique provider like, like Puget? Um, in those cases, we say, no, they don't need us. Uh, we don't need to enter. Uh, it's not necessarily that like I'm against any particular workload. It just, it doesn't make the business model doesn't make sense. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right on. Oh, um, we have hit our hour. So if you guys have any other questions you'd like to get in, get them in now. Um, that hour man, that was, it flies by. It I really thought. does. <laughs> um, is there anything that you would like to talk about before we before we head out? Anything you'd like oh, to mention? Oh, just uh, we're just coming up on a pretty exciting couple of weeks here as we prep. We all saw the real. I mean, the real the big the big story right now is the Ampere launch from from Nvidia, and mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, I was talking with our product team this morning about we have test beds all laid out. And, and we're ready to test our hearts out um, as soon as product arrives. So look for lots of content um, and probably some pretty interesting discussions around how we design workstations. Are we going to have to flip some conventions on their head um, in order to sure. you know, achieve good, quiet, cool running workstations? I don't know yet. I have some suspicions, uh, but you know, until we actually have product in hand, it's all speculation. So I'm excited for a lot of the speculation to turn into hard facts over the next coming weeks yeah i'm i'm always excited about um the real data you know because mm-hmm. marketing graphs are silly the I, I, i'm man i'm just i get i get emotionally tired of seeing bad graphs right. that have no that don't explain the axes that just that are all askew and don't make any sense Ugh, yeah. mar- and as a marketing isn't- person myself I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nvidia isn't traditionally egregious with that type of thing, uh, but we all need to keep in mind all we saw was a launch video. Like, so we we right. all need to keep in mind like how are, how is this going to apply? And frankly, because it's always this way with marketing, it's not going to be as high. You know, it's not going to be two x um, in, right. in all these workloads. But we have to see where it is. Um, there are going to be some really amazing workloads, and we just have to find where those diamonds are. And that's that's the work we're going to be doing. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like we're going to see a lot more. It seems like the 3090 is the replacement to the Titan. The 3080 is yep. the new 2080 Ti. Um, I feel like, uh, honestly, I feel like we're going to see a lot of the what what would have normally been considered like mid tier um, being a lot more mainstream now just it seemed this was this is another humongous jump i think um even if it isn't quite to the level that the the marketing people are saying it is this is going to be a big jump and um i'm excited yeah i mean it's the same thing as when we're talking about big production studios it's lowering the bar it means that now you can mm-hmm. buy a 370 for 499 and you can achieve something that last generation you had to spend twice as much for. so that's awesome that's amazing it also means if you spend the same amount as last generation, you can now do twice as much. Um, yeah. So both of those things are, are exciting. Super cool. 
always always just interesting times very exciting stuff so um we're gonna say goodbye then uh thank you john for taking the time out of your day to join us uh on our labs open office hour uh and uh just and thank you as well the audience for for taking time out of your day to join us and ask uh, some really good questions um we do this every Wednesday and Friday, one, one o'clock uh, Pacific time. Uh, Wednesdays are industry experts. We bring in people from outside the company to talk about their workflow, um, how they do their thing, um, get a little peek behind the curtain that I feel like the general public don't often get to see as far as the creative process. Uh, and then Fridays, we bring in uh, a, an employee or a member of our own team to kind of discuss more of the crossover of hardware and software and what the how that affects um, the creative process and things like that. So mark your calendars, 1 p.m. Pacific time, Wednesdays and Fridays. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.